If you have your Bibles with you, please open your Bibles again to Luke chapter 13. Um, as we come to um, the preaching of the Word of God, I've entitled this message, um, The Desire of Christ. The Desire of Christ. Let's just bow our heads in, in prayer as we, we come to his Word. Father, we bow before you, Lord, and come again in great need, Lord. Father, we have had a week in the world and have heard the voices and the philosophies of the world. We've listened to people speak and we've watched and heard radio and TV programs and our minds and our hearts are filled, Lord, with the thoughts of men. But now, Father, we want to hear what you have to say. We want to turn away from the ideas and the philosophies of men and turn to the creator of men and to listen to your voice once again. And Lord, we're, we're hungry again, Lord. We need, Father, fresh, fresh manna, fresh bread from heaven. We need to be fed by you and so Holy Spirit, come afresh. Teach us what is written in your word, O oh God. I pray that you will not only anoint and fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, but also bless Kim's hands as she signs, Lord, that, Father, the words that are spoken today will come from your heart, Lord. I pray, God, that you will Glorify your son, the Lord Jesus. And I pray this in his precious name. Amen. It's a true story of a, of a doctor. Well, he wasn't a doctor, really. He pretended to be a doctor. And he put on a stethoscope around his neck. And he wore a white coat. And he went into hospital and walked around the hospital. And everybody who looked at him thought he was actually a medical professional. Until at the um, cafeteria and the other doctors were sitting around the table and begin to talk about the different medical schools that they went to. And this guy began to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Then they began to talk about, um, you know, the different procedures and what went on in the body and how it all worked and, and stuff. And this man got very, very uncomfortable because he was a fake he wasn't a true medical professional. You know, and Jesus, in our Bible reading here, we find that Jesus is able to make people who think they know God uncomfortable. And so my first heading this morning um, is this. Being uncomfortable. That first here. Well, I read, at that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. They wanted Jesus to leave their region and go elsewhere. The reason why we learned last week is because Jesus made them feel uncomfortable. He told them that if you don't strive to enter into the narrow way, if you don't come to Christ, you don't come to God through me, 
If you don't make every effort to know me and to love me and to get to the kingdom through me, then you're going to be thrown out of the kingdom. He made it very clear, and that made him very, very uncomfortable. So they said to Jesus, go somewhere else. Go and do what you're going to do elsewhere. It disturbed them. It made them uneasy. It troubled them to have Jesus Christ speak like that. I was watching the other day a very old episode of Only Fools and Horses. It's very old, I know, showing my age. But I was watching an old episode and Rodney went out with a lady, a girl who was a policewoman. And he decided to bring her back to the flat. Well, when she got back to the flat with Rodney to meet Del Boy, Del Boy felt very uncomfortable because around his flat was all stolen material. Stolen alcohol, stolen videos, everything was stolen. And as soon as she walked in and he found out that she was a policewoman, he wanted to get rid of her as quickly as possible. And I can understand that. You know, Jesus Christ... When he preaches and when he speaks, when you read his word, can make people feel uncomfortable. Listen, when somebody preaches and the preacher preaches on subjects such as sin and, and getting right with God and, 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 and turning away and God's word exposes things in a person's heart and life, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. And it makes people feel uncomfortable. And instead of sitting there and saying, I need to get that report right, many people will get up and go somewhere else. I don't want to listen to a preacher to tell me that I need to put my life right. I don't need to listen to a man to tell me that I'm a sinful person and God comes to save me. I'm going to go to a church that tells me something different. Good, solid, godly preacher either angers people or blesses people. Even make people turn away from God or make people turn towards God. And these men, after hearing the Son of God, who was the best preacher ever, walk the face of the earth, they became so uncomfortable, they said to him, go somewhere else. It's not the first time that Jesus was told to go somewhere else. Do you remember that time when Jesus crossed over a lake and he, he met a man who was demon-possessed? And Jesus healed him and cast out those demons. There wasn't just one demon in this man. This man was held a prisoner and there was a legion of demons in this man. And Jesus came and healed him and put him in his right mind. You would have thought the whole region would have been celebrated because this man terrorized everybody in that region. And Jesus healed him with a word. But we read in that parallel, that word, then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. We don't want you here. Even though you delivered and set free a man who, who, who confused and, and, and terrorized everybody and you, and you set him free, we don't want you here. Leave us. You know, Jesus didn't argue. Bible tells me he just got on the boat and he went away. 
And you know, the sad thing is that today people would much rather have Jesus away from them. You know, Jesus, you know, I can take you when you're doing things that I like. I can take you when you're giving me stuff. But Lord, Jesus, if you're going to be king in my life, if you're going to be Lord in my life, if you're going to tell me how to run my life, then you can go somewhere else. I don't want you. And these men, these religious men, came up to Jesus and just told him, straight, leave. Being uncomfortable. Well, the second thing I want to say is being afraid, because these are the words that they said to Jesus. They said to him, at this time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. They use Herod here because they want to place some fear in Jesus' heart and mind. They wanted to bring some form of worry and, 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 and concern about Herod, who was the, the, the king in that area. And, and they wanted Jesus to be afraid. Now, Jesus never met Herod at this point. He only heard about him. He heard that this man, Herod, took his brother's wife to be his own wife. He's already heard that this man, Herod, arrested John the Baptist and killed him and beheaded him. He heard about these things. He knew that Herod was a cruel and lustful man. But Jesus goes deeper into his character. He knew him from a distance, what he does. But listen to what Jesus says. He says this. First, just missed that first. Let's go back. If you haven't, if you haven't got your Bibles, it's here. It's um, verse thirty-two. He replied, "Go tell that fox." Is that, is that the next one, Kim? The next one? Okay, it's not the one there. Yeah, here he is. He replied, "Go tell that fox." He called him a fox. You know, a fox is a term for a shifty person, a deceptive person, one who is cunning, sly, sneaky, crafty. Jesus turned around and said, you know what, I know about Herod. I know that he's a lustful and evil man. He took his wife's, his brother's wife and he, he's killed John the Baptist. But I know him at a distance, but I'm going to go deeper about him and tell you about his character. I'm going to lay him, as it were, on the operating table. And I'm going to tell you what's inside the man. He is crafty. He is sneaky. He is of low character. He is sly. Go tell that fox. Herod, you don't only do evil things. You are an evil person. Inside, I know what you are you know I wish people understood that Jesus Christ knows so much more than what we give him credit for you know I heard of um, a bank robber or a post office robber he went around holding up post offices and robbing different people different um, um, stores he eventually got caught and he will only confess 
to robbing one post office, even though they've done 25. Because the police didn't know the other 24. So you only confess to one post office. All I've done, I've done the one in the high street, but I didn't do any more. Because I got caught doing one. And people think to themselves that Jesus doesn't know the depths and the wickedness of our own hearts. We might confess to this sin and that sin, but Jesus knows the deep, rooted areas of our own hearts. Nothing escapes him. Nothing can be covered up. Nothing can be sidestepped. Jesus knows. And he will reveal the secrets of our hearts. Why? And the reason why he wants you to know and to see just how awful you and I really are. He wants us to see just how sinful we really are. Why? So that we can run to him for forgiveness. That we can flee and escape from the, 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 as as Mike was saying, the chains of sin. If we understand how wicked and awful our hearts in and believe God when he says the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. If we can understand that, we will run to Jesus. That's why Jesus would like you to know that he knows the secrets of our hearts. Nothing is hidden from him. And instead of coming here trying to hide things, we should come and say, oh God almighty, I'm so glad you know everything about me. And I'm so glad that you say, come as I am. You know me. The second thing I want you to see is that Jesus looks the fear of death right in the face. He says, he replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. Jesus replied to this death threat by speaking of his own death. What happened on the third day? You can tell me what happened on the third day? What happened on the third day? There's only one thing that really we need to know. That what really happened on the third day? Clive. Resurrection. Thank you, Clive. He rose from the dead on the third day. Now Jesus now, they come to him and say, Herod wants to kill you, get out of the place. And Jesus says, on the, this, on today and tomorrow, I will carry on doing my miracles. I will heal the sick. I will raise the dead. I will cast out demons. But something is going to happen on the third day. It's the third day I'm talking about. The third day, death is going to be completely defeated. You try to frighten me by telling me about my own death. I want to tell you that a day is coming where I will rip the bars of death open. I'm telling you a third day is coming where I will rise from the dead and death will be totally and completely made powerless. A day is coming that the dark, cold tomb will be empty. And death will have no victory. That's going to happen on the third day. 
Now, what do you say? Says she's about that. You telling me about Herod? I'm telling you that death doesn't worry me. I love how Jesus speaks because now we can see, and this applies so wonderfully, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. That's what Jesus is saying right here. You know, you don't have to worry about giving me the fear of death. I'm going to raise from the dead. I'm going to be alive forevermore. Now, because I live, you will live also. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Praise be to God. You know, I, I love Muhammad Ali. I love him, and he's a tremendous, tremendous man. But you know what? I would not want to be standing before God without Christ. I do not want the praise and the accolation of the world and everybody telling me how wonderful I am, but I'm not have any praise from God. I don't want the praise from man. I want his praise to be on my life because when I die, I want to stand before the throne of God and say, because Christ has raised from the dead, I shall be raised with him. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. So Jesus, now, when he speaks to Herod and he's trying to put fear in his heart, he's saying, you cannot cause me to be frightened about Herod killing me. I want to tell you, on the third day, on the third day, I'm going to rise from the dead. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we looked at being uncomfortable we looked at being afraid and finally i want to show you this being loved because jesus now turns his attention to jerusalem jerusalem this day jerusalem every synagogue that is built around the world all face jerusalem every synagogue jerusalem is such an important city to the jews it's of huge importance. And Jesus speaks about it. And he says this. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together. as the hen gathered her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. Jesus speaks about Jerusalem. Look what he says. He says, You who kill the prophets who and stone those sent to you. The prophets were sent to Jerusalem. These men that were sent were godly men, you know. They were men who fasted. There were men who prayed. There were men who left their families and their, the comforts of the world and they sought God. There were men who, 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 who looked to hear from God. There were men who God approved of. God loved them. God spoke to them. God took them to one side and gave them specific messages and he sent them to Jerusalem. These men were honoured by God. And what happened to these very men? 
These very men who were honoured by God. These very men who left wealth and family and homes and businesses. These very men who, who, who left the, the luxuries of life and sought God. What happened to them? They went into Jerusalem and they were stoned and killed. Remember, in the New Testament we have Stephen. A man who was full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was a man full of God. But when he went into Jerusalem and he spoke the word of God, the men around him, they got so angry, they dragged him out and they began stoning him. The Bible says that Stephen looked up and he saw heaven parted. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ standing as if to receive him. And yet he was stoned to death. And not only him, but Jesus says, the prophets, there was many of them. They were sent time and time again, spent time with God and then sent to you. God loved them, approved of them, then he sent them to you. Then when you received them, you stoned them. So what is Jesus' reaction to all that? What is Jesus' reaction to murderous Rebellious, murderers, what is Jesus' reaction to them? We have it in our reading. How often I have longed to gather your children together. How often, Jesus says, I've longed to gather you. I've longed to hold you. I've longed to love you. I've longed to draw you close. I've longed to show you kindness. I long to show you my mercy. Even though you're a murderous people, I still long to gather you to myself. What amazing grace is that? What amazing love is that? That even though these men killed the very ones that God loves, Jesus says, I long to gather you to myself. This is the Christ of the Bible. This is the God who speaks. This is the God who makes himself known. This is the God who we worship. A God who doesn't push people away even though they've got sin in their lives but longs to draw them close. But Jesus ends this part with this replacing responsibility not only upon the shoulders of the Jews but upon our shoulders as well. He says, um, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing. But, he says, you are not willing. You are not willing, he says. I am willing. I am willing to forgive you. I am willing to cleanse you. I am willing to cover up your sins. I am willing to to, to draw you, to wipe away every tear, wipe away every stain. I am willing to do everything for you. But, he says, you are not willing. Reminds me of what he says, what God says through Isaiah the prophet. He says, all day long, I've held up my hands to an obstinate people who walk in ways 
not good. Can you see the, the, the thing that God is saying here? All day long, I hold out my hands. All day long. To the obstinate people. I'm saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. My hand is outstretched to you all day long. I hold out my hands. But the people are obstinate. Back in Isaiah's day, they were obstinate. Back in the days of Jesus, he says, you're not willing. But how about our day? Has anything changed? People want to stand away from God. But Christ is saying, my hands are stretched out. Let me close with one verse from the same book, Isaiah. Look what God says here. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I. Here am I. This blows me away because this is God speaking, you know. This is the creator of heaven and earth. And he says, I revealed myself to a people who were not even looking for me. I made myself known. And this is the same today. There's people here today who may not even be looking for the Lord. But the Lord's saying, I have been looking for you. All of your life, I've been searching for you. I've been looking for you. And I'm going to lay hold of you because I love you. I want to gather you to myself. I was into a man preached last night. He was preaching about the, the man who was born blind. He was a beggar who was born blind. And Jesus healed him. But after Jesus healed him, he got kicked out of the synagogue. They chucked him out. And the Bible says, right at the end of that chapter, chapter 10, I think, in John, the Bible says, Jesus went out looking for him. Hallelujah. He was kicked out of the synagogue. Nobody wanted him and thrown him out. But the Bible says, Jesus went out and he was looking for him. And when he found him, the man worshipped I want to say to you this morning, your love this morning. If I can just be the hands of Christ today, I will say his hands are stretched out this morning. And he says, I'm calling you to myself. I long, that's a strong word, you know. I long to gather you together. As a mother gathers her baby chickens, as a mother embraces her baby, I long to gather you to myself. All day long I hold up my hands to an obstinate people. May God, in his mercy, soften our hearts. May God, in his mercy, not only our hearts at Golding's Church, but I'm praying for the whole area of Loughton and wherever you live. May God in his mercy begin to soften the heart of men and women and understand that Christ is calling them to himself. Why? Because the resurrection is real. There's going to be a time of men and women standing before the judgment of God. There's going to be a time when... The earth 
will be over and done with and Christ himself shall return. And so he calls us to himself now that we might belong to him. Friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, respond to the love of Christ. If you know him already, respond even greater to his love. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for placing in my heart to be drawn closer to you. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done for me. Thank you for the table. Thank you for the broken body. Thank you for the outpoured blood. Thank you for the outstretched hands on the cross. And now the outstretched hands are towards me and you. Draw near to him this morning. The Lord has spoken. Draw near and know him. And not only as your saviour, but as your Lord and King. Amen. Father in heaven. Father in heaven, we do not want to be like the men in the Bible, the women in the Bible who want you to leave their region, want you to go away. Lord, we, don't never, we never want you to go away. We love your promise when you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We love your word. We never want you to go away, oh God. And yet, we live in a nation and in a situation, Lord, where many, many, many people will rather have you away from them because you make them feel uncomfortable. You reveal things in their lives that they don't want to see for themselves. And yet, Lord, today, God, we're praying that you will draw men to you. We thank you for the outstretched arms. We thank you, Lord for your love and your desire for us. We thank you. Draw close to us, O oh God. Outpour your spirit powerfully, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.